Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step In a company that he himself has chased all of the meaningful advertisers off of. Yeah. So now it's like borrowing money from SpaceX to add. Keep in mind, I don't think the general public is be like, oh, there's a SpaceX commercial there. Maybe the next time they're in town, we should go to SpaceX camp. Like, it's <laughs> but- not how it works. Like, it's all fucking government contracts. We're not buying SpaceX in the same way that we're not buying Starlink either. Like, this whole thing doesn't make any sense. You could buy Starlink. Starlink. Yeah, but I'm not gonna- you can Internet. go on a waiting list for but- the next fucking five years and that's that's the thing it's like this is a technology that has existed for a very long time he's not reinventing a wheel with starlink all of his stuff is technology that has invented he's just found a really good way to market it as like a younger howard hughes but howard hughes also knew how to do shit too elon just has money buys things pisses everybody off and then gets let go of those companies. Yeah, like, I can, Tesla's I can not respect, his. I can respect uh, Howard Hughes's jars of toenails. I can't respect Elon's. Speaking of jars of toenails, welcome back, poor people. <laughs> we were off last week, Who are you but talking to all of our fans are millionaires. Yeah, but they still like to be financially shamed. We yes. have all the files on them. You're not making enough. Start earning. <laughs> Earn harder. Stop being poor. But yeah, we were off last week. Some of us had to travel for work. Um, some of us went to a Wegmans. Um, but now we're back. And listen, some of us don't know what a Wegmans is. The best Wegmans on Soft. Earth is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, beg to differ. It's probably in Syracuse, New York. But you would think that until you walked into this Wegmans. Did you and have I a slice of pizza? That, you know what? I couldn't even get to the pizza because there was so many other endless things that caught my eye that I couldn't get to the pizza. It's disappointing. I thought you were a, you had a can-do personality. Oh, my God. By the time <laughs> I had gotten past the Caesar salads, it was too late. <laughs> With a plural, by the way. <laughs> Dude. No, no, no. Q. When I tell you the antipasta looked like they abused an Italian chef in the back to make it, I'm not joking. It was amazing. It was immaculate. It was like the freshest shit ever. And then, like, I walked around the corner and there was the bakery. And I, I, I don't even think I've, I've seen baked goods this good in like 
Is this you like a, a grocery store or is this like more of like a No, this is this is like a 7-Eleven-ish. This is an experience. This is a food purchasing experience. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Wegmans. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wegmans change. is a chain of grocery stores that started in West Western New York and That's It's classy. It's classy and it's made its way um east into New York. Um, there's one in DC, there's one in Raleigh. I think they're opening a few others. Um, but it's just the food's good. I mean, their bakery and their butcher and their pizza section is dynamite. Think of like take an Uncle Giuseppe's I, I was and just then, and like then Giuseppe's. mix it with like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, but then like pour on like just a touch of uh like costco's like where you can go and get like the food you know what i mean like after you've checked out you can get that yeah there's all get that rotisserie chicken that rotisserie chicken you can get it all there's nothing you can't get there it's amazing hmm I'll, I'll have to go to North Carolina just for Wegmans. You probably can just drive like three hours north and go to one in New York State. No, I don't. I don't go to. I don't go upstate. Ooh. But yeah, um, I've actually never seen Q upstate New York. No, I actually have been. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I don't believe him. Yeah, but I've never seen it, so I don't believe him when he says that he hasn't or has. <laughs> so, how was your experience in North Carolina, Gato? Raleigh, not so bad. Not so bad. I Where mean, are you in Raleigh? In Raleigh. No shit. Can't get anything past you. <laughs> I can't. It's it's just it's you know like it's one of those flat cities. You know it's it's not like it's it's too tall. It's just spread out really far, in like all directions. It's almost like it's it's basically a city, but it's really a a massive suburbia, or at least that's what it looked like to me. Maybe I was on the wrong side of the 440. I don't know. Um, I was actually in R- R- Rayleigh, Durham, Durham, Raleigh, Durham, <laughs> which uh, okay. sounds a lot cooler because that kind of sounds like a hot girl's name. But um, coming to the stage, Raleigh, Durham, Durham, yeah. Durham, Durham, Durham. I figured we'd just go ahead and get into it now. Um, so last night was the Giants Commandos National Football League game, um, playoff implications for this one. And the two resident Giants fans on the show wanted to get your thoughts first and foremost, guys, what did you think of that game? Do you think the, the Giants are back on track? Uh, Um, I think the Giants struggled their way out of a brown paper bag and somehow landed victorious in this one. Um, I would have to say that it was all a, a lot of it has to do with one player, number five. Um, and then everything else from there was just kind of what the Giants sometimes do, and that's fail upwards or fail forward. Um, it was, it was kind of cringy because it's like 
this is what you have to watch and expect. They're going to grind this out week after week after week if they're going to do anything that the Giants do. And it's like, as a fan, it's not comforting to know that it's going to be like you got to sit there and literally ride the waves of your butt puckering watching a fucking game. Yeah, It's three hours too long. I say it every week that it's like it can just never just be fucking easy because, you know, it's 14-3 going into the half and you're like, this is unprecedented, especially because they deferred on the kick on the uh, the coin toss. So they were getting the ball back after halftime. So you're like 14-3 with a chance to kind of bury them early in the third third quarter. And mind you, the biggest fear I had going into this game is because the Giants had surrendered over 150 rushing yards in four of the last games they played. So they were getting killed on the ground every single game. And commanders do have a really nice rushing attack with Robinson and Gibson. So I'm like, they're going to control the clock the entire time. Heineke's not going to have to do a ton. And that's how we end up losing this game. The fact that they got up 14-3 pushed them into a situation where they had to kind of abandon the run and and have force Heineke to throw more. That's the game the Giants wanted. And next thing I know, in the third quarter, the offense just stalls. Heineke just starts turning, doing his best John Elway impression. And uh, it it just started creeping back. And I'm like, this is just how they play. Controversial at the end. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that soon, Tom, uh, what you thought about the ending. But – you know, I as far as I'm concerned, these there's a lot of missed calls in all these games. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's they they would have had to score the touchdown. Uh, oh, there was also the Terry McLaurin uh, controversy as well, and then hit the two point, and then it would only have tied the game. So yes, yeah. it's, it's not like it was like a winning touchdown that would have ended it. So, but yeah, yeah so overall, I'm I'm worried about the Giants long term because they got the Vikings this week, Indy and Philadelphia to cap it out. So good chance to make the playoffs, but I don't, I don't see them doing much. Well, I mean, if I'm a giants fan, I feel pretty good about playing the Vikings because Matt Ryan is not our quarterback. So there's probably a good chance that you're going to build a lead and probably keep it. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that shit show in a little bit, but as a Mando's fan, I'm a little, I'm a little perplexed. Um, Really because there's a couple of problems that I had where you hear the whole game about how good this like defensive line for Washington is and how robust the defense is, but they had no sacks on Daniel Jones. And a part of me was really kind of frustrated. Was it in the was it in the third quarter or was it the entire second quarter where it was like that eight minute, 18 play drive the Giants had where they were just putting no pressure on him at all. Like they it was just we're gonna rush the same three guys up front and see what happens. Like why are you kind of just laying yeah. back like that? Well no Chase Young though. They still are missing Chase Young. Uh, for another game uh so but also the giants got a little bit healthier now nick gates is back and bretterson's back so their their best starting five is available evan neal obviously healthy too and um so but they really weren't getting any push in the run game though so the defensive line did kind of hold them until saquon kind of took over later but I would say the defensive line did a pretty decent job all, all, all throughout the game didn't really let the giants kind of dominate 
Yeah, but I mean, I and I and I hear that. I think my frustration was like when you're when you keep saying like this is a disruptive defensive line, you're also hoping for some fucking outcomes too. And granted, they had um, Saquon had that big run in the second quarter, and then the next play after that, they brought him back like five or six yards. But I, I feel like. And it's not just a Chase Young thing. I'm wondering if it's more of a scheme problem too, where Jack Del Rio is like QAnon Jack. QAnon Jack is like focused more on other things. But you know, man, if you're, I'm gonna say this: like, if you're gonna be like an average team, at least have an aggressive defense that can cause some turnovers. And Daniel Jones has a fumbling problem. Um, he's in some cases, not the best decision maker time from time and from time to time. And also the guys that are catching the balls for the giants are not like stars. So I would argue that they're not, most of them aren't even worthy of being on an NFL roster. No, you're going to catch them at the Wegmans deli in about two years anyway. (laughs) So say Slayton and then maybe Hodgins and that's about really it. So why not just be aggressive and push them around? And I think that's the thing. They didn't have an edge the entire game and I mean, also Scott Turner is kind of like the anemic offensive coordinator where it's like, we're going to call run plays five in a row. And it's like, can you just like have a little fucking creativity every now and again? That start to the third quarter was nice, but it was just, I don't know. I I also saw that Jonathan Allen had spent like thousands of dollars on tickets to fill the stadium with commanders fans to make. And it didn't seem that loud there. And I also don't understand how you only target or you only – get Terry McLaurin to catch the ball six times. Like they couldn't stop him. Why are you fucking throwing to other goobs out there? I like Jahan Dodson, but Curtis the Giants, the Giants were playing a safe the Giants were playing a safety over the top of him the entire game. So even still though, he was like when they threw the ball to him, he made plays. And I, I just think this is a weird offense because Curtis Samuel gets a lot of attention in it. And I don't understand why. Like they like want him to run the ball a lot, five yards or five carries, one yard. Sick. Mm. Um, they like a lot of that option stuff. They like a lot of that. Like it's a weird offense that he likes a lot of those, like um, those like downs that. And also basically like um, the jet sweeps, the jet sweeps that like do like a reverse as well. Like, so they, you basically do a sweep and then it sweeps back around the other way, which I mean, it's somewhat effective, but it's kind of like a little, like can't survive off doing that. Those are one of those plays that you try and get a big chunk play, but, but you do it, you do it like a handful of times at best and they have to be set up with lots and lots of other plays prior. And especially if like, after like a, it's like one of those like first down plays that you're trying to catch the defense, maybe it was sleeping a little bit. I mean, besides, you know, the the last, the end of that game and um, the beginning of that game, the middle of that game was was boring as fuck. Was boring because yeah. I think what we had too was we had we had o- offensive coordinators that were playing it safe and well within a, a you know they like there's a there's something about like. You're not, you know, besides like trying to win the game, you're also trying to keep your job kind of thing. And it felt like, you know, neither, neither offensive coordinator was really trying to 
take a risk to make a play because they knew how much this game meant and it would just fall on them ultimately. Because no one's really touching Ron or Brian DeBall, you know, like. That's the funny thing, though, is that neither one of these guys are on the hot seat. Like, no, I don't think so. either. Kafka is Dayball's guy. Ron Rivera's never going to fire anybody. So like, especially especially after the last few weeks, uh, Kafka, there was some questions about, are you going to take play calling duties away from Kafka? And, he, and Dable was like, no, not at all. Not I think I think the thing that happens here is these teams are not very talented. So you have to play really gentle and you can't be super aggressive with them. I mean, you saw what happened when um, Justin Jefferson had to leave the Vikings game and they let uh, Jalen Rieger in there where <laughs> the two picks that um, Kirk Cousins had, Jalen Rieger was just like, I'm going to do something different, but it's going to be cool. And he run with the opposite direction. And then Kirk can, can I, can I sidetrack us for a second? Sure. Because the Eagles, so they, they only have one loss on the season. Still credible team hurts. Although he is banged up now, he might miss this game coming up. No pun intended. How, how, yeah, he hurts, <laughs> hurts is hurting. Howie Roseman. Genius. Yes. But, the guy is like perfect 90% of the time. And then he makes some blunders of decisions. Like the fact that he took Jalen Rager, a pick before Justin Jefferson. Imagine if Justin Jefferson was on the fucking Eagles. Oh yeah. no, I don't want to imagine. I don't that. even well, want to imagine that. I, I was sitting there and I'm like, they're going to fucking get Justin Jefferson. I'm like, I'm going to fucking lose it. And then all of a sudden he, they took Jalen Rager and I could not stop fucking laughing. I mean, to be fair, though, somebody was going to do that, whether it was the Eagles or somebody else. Somebody he also took it. he also took that Stanford wide receiver who I don't even know if he's in the league anymore over DK Metcalf. I think it was like a pick or two before DK Metcalf. So mm-hmm. wide receiver has been kind of like a weird thing for Howie. I feel but like receivers in general can be hit or miss, though. They're really they can. scheme basic scheme centric. So I will argue, though, over the last few years, the position that you're going to hit on most in the draft is receiver now. True. Like, if for some reason, I think just because these schemes are so wide open now that, like, you can survive just not even being the best route runner. So, yeah. But in all fairness, nobody is as bad about picking wide receivers than Bill Belichick is about <sighs> wide receivers. Oh, like, God. Can we talk about the Patriots, please? I, I wanted to ask one question about the Mandos game first. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about the pass interference thing because passing interference is, one, it's subjective to whoever's watching it. Was, it. And it was, it, it was, it was pretty blatant, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the referees, though. The one, the one that I found more egregious was the Terry McLaurin, like, um, where... Yeah. They called was an illegal formation yes. on him. So the problem that I have is that one was bullshit. The, that the, was hard bullshit because he checked down to the ref. And that that's neg- what and I was going to say. The touchdown and as well. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Like I was reading the, the t- comment section this morning after somebody had shown the play on Twitter, Elon's yeah. machine. And we see this all the time. Elonics. High school, college. Pointing at the ref. Where yeah. the yep. wide receiver checks the line because the line is subjective based right. on where the line judge is. And the line judge likes gives a thumbs up yep. and so does Terry McLaurin and everything's golden. And as soon as the play starts, the flag goes out. And it's like, I'm not saying 
I'm not saying the ref has to be the arbiter of what's on the line and what's not. My concern is when the referee blatantly knows that what they're telling that person is a lie and they catch them doing it. McLaurin said he said he was good. He said he said he checked twice and he said, you're good. And then all of a sudden he had the flag in his hand. The minute it was called, he just threw it up. I mean, you see him, he, he points at the ref and the ref just, just does a signal down and like, you gotta, you gotta think that that's gotta be, I mean, it's a standard procedure of the game, right? Like, now the one yeah. thing I will the one thing I will say this and then again this doesn't fall on the mandos at all this falls again on the ref is that I understand in today's in the way that today's offenses work they do a lot of motion and so maybe the ref is like watching all of that happen and he doesn't he doesn't know if that's actually going to be the guy on the end at the end or whatnot. And therefore he doesn't know if at that moment, it's going to be an illegal, um, an illegal formation, but at regardless, it still turns into that's on him and not on the player. And I really don't think that that is something that gets called either way, because it's what we're talking about half a step half a step at most. So it, it's kind of indicative of the giants, um, illegal man downfield. Yeah. We've been seeing oh, where yeah, it's yeah. like, was that with the, Feliciano? No, no, no. Uh, who was it last week? It was, it was, uh, it was Tyree Phillips. Uh, when Evan Neal was out, he was the right tackle. That's he right. was like maybe two yards, two or three yards off the line of scrimmage. And he backpedaled and, <laughs> and he backpedaled and they still called it on him. But it's like the way it was explained was like, you only call that if they're like 10 yards downfield or if they're actively trying to engage a defender um, that it's like they're trying to almost cause an interference. So I remember when that happened and the, I think it was Fox, the ones that were running the game, they said like typically like an offensive lineman will get like a two or three yards, like cushion to if they go beyond the line of scrimmage and they can come back. And he was not, more than two yards beyond the our percept our perceived line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and they called him on it which again like if you're going to be real fucking ticky tacky with calls you need to be ticky tacky with everything and i don't mean to go conspiracy theory and put my tinfoil cap on but but you're gonna do it anyway how i, I feel like how you need to. How is a fan? How as a fan do you not think that there is something at play here when the ref is visibly approving of where Terry McLaurin is and then throwing the flag? Like, how are you saying like this is totally above board? And and this yeah. is again, we're talking about Terry McLaurin, who is an outstanding wide receiver who's done it. He's enough. not a goob. Yeah, he's 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 done this this enough to know how to do it right you know what i mean it's not like they just sent some some schmuck in there and he was not jalen rager you know (laughs) it just it is bad man it was a very very interesting call there and you know and i think your point you make a good point too about like the fans don't look at it that way at all like when we see a lineman downfield because there's also this other thing about like you can call of like you can call lineman an eligible receiver. You just got to state it ahead of time. And then they could go streaking down the field. But right. it's, it's not, but it's, it's, so, it's so dumb. It was so stupid because why would you call it on a person who's not actively engaging with a defender? He's just yeah. standing there. Yeah. If he's, if he's trying to down block somebody into the dirt, then yeah, call it. But like, yeah. he's just standing there 
with his arms out like this and he backs up and you you and you took away a touchdown like not even taking away a fucking like five yard gain you're taking you're taking away a literal fucking touchdown it's just I mean, insane the only like the only devil's advocate i really see here is that one if you're out in free space you still are in some way in a lane in which a someone in the secondary or middle linebacker might have to be running through and you're basically stopping them from, from making that move. So I get that aspect. Um, and, and just the other idea is that now you are throwing, cause like you'll see um, players, you know, they'll, they'll be, they'll be running coverage um, off of the line. And if, if you got somebody that's like right next to the tight end and, and they split off and start running downfield, it does make things confusing. And I get it's just, you know, two steps or whatever. But again, but before yeah, so we I'll... move on, though, I would I'd want to touch on what Gato was talking about. Kayvon Thibodeau. Beast. He, you, like, I, I think I shared it with you guys. I don't know if I did, but um, before this game, they asked him, like, do you like playing in primetime? And he goes, he goes, I don't know about that. He's like, primetime likes me, though. Which is like a fucking bold ass thing to fucking say for a guy who's had a bit of a kind of up and down rookie season, you know, hasn't really hit the strides yet you wanted to see out of a guy who's picked fifth overall. And he fucking dominated this game. 12 tackles, I think it was three for uh, three for loss. He had a sack, forced fumble, picked up the fumble touchdown. and scored a touchdown. Yep. Um, and afterwards, he, they said you got twelve tackles. He's like, "Damn, I had twelve tackles. I didn't even realize." Like, <laughs> he was he was juiced. He played like almost, I think he played almost prime time two point man, dude. He he. This was the coming out game he needed, um, especially because we're getting closer to. But it's actually the first game, by the way, in which the Giants have had a healthy Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence, uh, aka Sexy Dexy. Wow. Um, so. If this defensive line stays healthy going forward, if the Giants do make the playoffs, it will be one of those things that, you know, we always talk about those teams that come out of nowhere. If there's something that can propel the Giants to becoming a legitimate playoff team, it's that. It's the ability the, to rush the passer. I got to I gotta ask you, though, Q, and, and Tom, please uh, give your opinion on this one, because the Giants are known for barely scraping into the playoffs and then going on that – like fantasy run that nobody ever can expect and this is this is how they do it more times than not is this a team that can do that no. i don't think it is either no I, you have to put context into this 2007 they like they were like oh they're not that good of a team they had a top five offensive line a Receiving core with Plaxico and you know Bernard Brandon Jacobs and and Bradshaw Depth. who Depth. and that was the year that they ran for over two thousand rushing yards. They had a defensive line that had Michael Strahan, OC Justin Tuck, Kiwanuka, all those guys and like really good veteran Sam Madison at corner. Two thousand eleven though, that defense was garbage. That offensive line was garbage. Eli Manning was having an MVP year that year. Uh, he had the seven fourth quarter comebacks, uh, Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nix. Those guys were like carrying them through that the entire way. So th they are yeah, this closer. Team doesn't have that. It's not no, in the DNA. That's the problem is if you need something big on offense and big on defense to be able to carry you through defensively, if we get a Dory Jackson back, 
if we get Xavier McKinney back and then the defensive line stays healthy, I think the defense has what it takes to be a legitimate playoff team. The offense, though, no one's coming to save us on offense. No. We don't yeah, have a player the coming part. back. There's, there's, there, yeah, there's no comeback uh, available. It's not like we're team. waiting on uh, Sterling Shepard. Like Sterling Shepard's like only banged up his knee and he's coming back in a couple. Like even then, like I don't, he's not going to be the guy who saves us. If Odell comes and he's ready, maybe, but probably not. I don't think he's enough to, you know, carry them through. Yeah, so. I mean, he's also older than he was. He's only thirty. I mean, but also, how many knee surgeries has he had? It's like 45 in NFL years. Three three total, one back in college, two back-to-back years. So, But uh, but again, if he's if he's ready, it, like he provided a pretty big impact for the Rams last year in the playoffs. So I'd arguably – I'd make an argument that he was one of their key components to getting into the Super Bowl. So Yeah. I think um, my, my concern with that is he was also not coming off of an injury that Browns just cut him. Uh no, he he had torn his ACL the year before. Mm-hmm. Did he? And then he retore it in the Super Bowl. Jesus Christ! Yeah, now. So he that. he's he's a phenomenal athlete, but it's just like he's like it, it'd be one thing if we had like a number one receiver, but like I, I'm gonna say it, and I know everyone's gonna fucking hate me for saying this. I've seen enough with Daniel Jones. He's not it. He's perfectly adequate. He had a good drive and all that, but like, how many games are you going to end with zero touchdowns? Like, not take you can't win. You can't win consistently with him. He's not a guy who can take over a game. the the The, the commander's defense is fine. They're not great. He should have been able to find like I know he's throwing to practice squad receivers, but like, so is Mahomes. He, he comes off to me as like. He could be maybe like a skinny version of Taysom Hill. <laughs> that I would think... be a better role for him. Where he's, he's he can also be used as like some sort of you know second like option running back and somewhat of a like uh, uh, something something out on a screen style fucking receiver. <laughs> well, this is the best he's looked ever, and I, I'd still argue that it's kind of uh. it's but a I... sixty-five in a Madden overall rating. Exactly. Hmm. Would I be fair in saying that his best case scenario, the best case scenario that Daniel Jones could ever be is Matt Ryan or like Ryan Tannehill? Like that's his that's his ceiling. So here's the thing, though, is that I think he is closer to the. I think he is closer to the. Christian ponders of the world than he is to Matt Ryan in terms of like where he is developmentally. Right. And it's fine when you have him on a rookie scale contract because he's only making six, five, six million per year. So you're not investing a ton of money into him, but next year he's a free agent. So if the Colts come over, if let's say the Colts are desperate, right. And they're like, he's perfect for us. Here's draft quarterback, Indy. Jesus Christ. (laughs) They're not going to be in a position to do that, though, because like they sold their souls for everybody. It's going to be the Texans, the Panthers and the Lions who have the Rams pick that are going to probably be in those prime position for those top three guys, unless they want to take a shot on Richardson. But like that's kind of a wild card, too. So 
But like, let's imagine that the Colts say four years, a hundred million for Daniel Jones, right? They throw 25 million per year, which is still kind of an undersell in the current market. I'm not, I don't want to pay that. I don't want like if he goes, I'll if you match it, I'll sign with you guys. I don't, don't want to sign that. Here's, it goes back to like the Giants bidding against themselves for Matt Rule, and they said, "Now nah, we're not doing that." And the Panthers were willing to do it. Well, I the think, Panthers, the Panthers were negotiating against themselves because right. He 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 basically they basically threw that large number out at him, and he was like, "Hey Giants, do you want to you want to match?" And they were like, "Fucking no, thanks." But one could make the argument that you can get like a one-year, ten million dollar deal for a backup to play for a season, Tyrod, and and do the exact same thing that Daniel Jones is doing right now. But you don't have like the long-term expectation. Got a Tyrod is signed through next year. I would rather just honestly keep him at that lower rate and then take our chances in with the maybe maybe we get lucky and we get the North Carolina kid uh, next year or. well, his name escapes me. Drake Caleb May. Williams or Drake May. Caleb or... Williams or Drake May. Yeah. So that's just where I'm standing on it. Here's a nightmare scenario, I think, for Giants fans is that they end up pulling a yesterday deep into the playoffs. Not saying they win. 40 chess, baby. They they just they just yeah, they 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 end up pulling a yesterday and getting somewhat deep into the playoffs. And then people go, how are you going to turn your back on that guy? And it becomes that controversy. And it's like, I have no problem with turning my back on that guy, but someone, Gato, someone's going to say, yeah, let me, let me play a scenario out for you. They re-sign Jones. They re-sign Barkley to a contract that they should not sign him to. They have to pay Dexter Lawrence because he's coming up soon. Maybe you start flirting with an Andrew Thomas extension. The Giants are out of money. Yeah. And you don't have anybody different than you have now. Yeah, because we've been gettleman So I can't I can't in good conscience. Number one, Barkley, love you, man. Franchise tag and maybe try and work out a trade uh to a team that he wants to go to. Um, perfectly fine with that. Jones, I said offer him the the Jameis Winston contract, which was like two years, 30 million. And it's basically a one-year deal. All the guarantees are paid up front. Give him that. Roll with him again next year. Or if he gets something better, then let him walk. That's it. Yeah, I don't know how much money you want to invest in a guy like that. Especially because, too, he's in year four at this point. This is his fourth NFL season, yeah. So, I mean, and he was hurt for the first three. And He missed time in all three seasons so far, except for this one. So. I will say he's he's a bit tougher than I think. You know, very tough. Yeah, he's a he's a tough dude. He puts his body out there. I like but him. That, yeah, like as a per- like I want to be like I like him. I, like I want him to be. Person. Yeah, like, I want I him to be the guy. You, but yeah, I, but I just not. I just he's not. not. He's not yeah. the guy. He's I feel, not. and unfortunately, I feel like he, that narrative will plague him the entirety of his career. No matter where he is or what he does, he'll just never, never be know, the attractive op- option. Like, it, imagine, yeah, maybe, but let's imagine a scenario in which they, the 2019 draft, right, was the year that they took him. The Giants had two picks in that draft. One of them was from the Cleveland Browns for the Odell Beckham trade. That was pick number 17. I took Dexter Lawrence with that pick. It was a good one. Daniel Jones was pick six. Now, no one expected Daniel Jones to be the sixth overall pick. 
But apparently they heard that like rumors were going around that like the Broncos, who I think were sitting at 10, wanted him really bad. So Gettleman fucking blinked and he took him at six. Now imagine for a second they took him at 17 instead. So they took Brian Burns or Josh Allen at not pass rusher Josh Allen, not quarterback Josh Allen at uh, six and then took Daniel Jones at 17. The expectations would have been significantly lower than picking him at six. So he was, cr- he was already screwed coming in at, as the sixth overall pick. Cause he was not a sixth overall pick worthy player. And so he's had to live up to these really big expectations. If he was like a second round draft pick, I think the story of him would have been a lot different, but because of the fact that Gettleman overdrafted him, it put, it put him in an impossible situation. So, yeah, let me ask you guys a question. Um, let's say they let, let's say they let, Daniel Jones walk mm-hmm. at the end of this year. Yep. There is a quarterback that is within their own division who might be an interesting ad for them. I don't want Carson once. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but at least let me take you. Let me, I, I already let know. Let me who you're start gonna, I already Carson know, I already... Wentz up for you and you could take it around the block and see if you want it. We're offering a discount. You can even get the, the problem the is it's just like someone put sugar in that tank and it doesn't turn over anymore. Yeah, no, <laughs> who, that, that thing is dead. Who did you think I was referring to Q? Um, can I, can I guess the team? Yeah. Uh, the Eagles. Yeah. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. yeah. How would yeah. you feel if they went out and picked him up? Not interested. Really? No. I, if you're talking about if you're talking about like as a, a stop, yeah. like, you're talking about like a one year type of thing, like a mm-hmm. small like yeah okay yeah yeah I, I'll, I'll take a he's limited too though he he's he's got you know the the fucking BB gun arm and he's not he's he can't make all the your eye out kid yeah he can't make all the NFL throws so like I mean I would be interested as like just kind of taking a, you know, see what he can do, but like not as a guy that I think is going to be a potential long-term option. I don't either, but when if you can go six and six for the Jaguars and throw 21 touchdowns and six interceptions and throw for 3,200 yards with that dog shit team they had in 2019, like, I mean, I think he is certainly a guy who can do more with less. And right now the giants don't have a lot to work with. Even next year, they don't have, they're not going to have the latitude to like sign a bunch of guys. They're going to have to draft all this talent. So my thought is like, this is a guy who's shown that he can throw touchdowns, which Daniel Jones has not, but also he's played on bad teams before and he knows how to do good things with them. He's also, you know, been around Nick Sirianni. So there might be something to learn there too. He's only 27, um, so he's young still. And I'd argue he didn't really get much of a fair shake because he did pretty well in Jacksonville. I would agree. Um, in a bad time for them when – what's his face? So the former Syracuse coach was the uh, the coach there. Um, Don't blame Doug Marone for this. Doug, he, was Doug, Doug, long, Doug, he was gone long before. <laughs> um, so – and then he got traded to – and they obviously got Trevor Lawrence. So, like, they're not going to keep him around long term. And, Yeah. I was gonna say, is Trevor Lawrence like arri- has he has he arrived? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's, yeah. it's Trevor Lawrence time, baby. Uh yesterday's game was really in- I was watching it and I was like, I'm like, he's gonna fucking pull this off. But then that fumble, I was like, fuck, man. He that Dallas defense is not 
a fucking joke. And he was ripping them up pretty well. He was able to his his ability to maneuver through the pocket and like kind of sift through the garbage is pretty incredible. And like you you're starting to see that freshman Clemson quarterback again. Like because mm-hmm. like I Urban Meyer, man, that guy needs to go to the fucking gulag for his crimes. He made Trevor Lawrence look like a bad quarterback. Right. Oh, he ruined a franchise for uh, my favorite for, for urban Meyer time. My favorite Urban Meyer story was <laughs> they were playing the Rams, and he goes, "Who's that '99 guy? He's pretty good." Oh and they're my like, god, Aaron it's Donald. Aaron Donald, you dumbass. like the three-time defensive player, of the year. <laughs> greatest defensive player in the NFL right now. '99 uh, is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, oh it's god. not every, it's not every day that you outplay Dak Prescott, yep. and I mean, though they that's won. happening more and more, man. D- Dak's getting a lot of heat right now. It's actually kind of interesting. The funny thing is, is everyone thinks that Cooper Rush is the answer. It's like you all are, <laughs> you all are on drugs. Like you. I hope it happens, it's the, please, it's, dude. It's the blue star desperate, the desperation move, man. It's everybody in Dallas is just driving around to like because they know cheap what's about to happen drugs. next. Yeah, they know what's going to happen next. And and they're all putting their money on it being that Dak Prescott screws up, but I don't know if it will necessarily be him. Well, they're gonna have a pretty easy path if it stay if everything stays the way it is right now, because I believe they're gonna play the head of the NFC South, whoever ends up winning that fucking shit show of a division. Which Sadly, is right now still the, probably the Bucks. It's right now the Bucks. So I mean, like that's not gonna be a tough first round you're you know i think you would oh, have to go to champa Jesus. but like i mean it should be a pretty easy first round for them that that was another game yesterday oh my god brady just didn't even care he was indifferent out there and i've never seen him that just okay with eating shit on a football field before that team is cooked they're old and they're just they're done i mean that was the whole thing. I was waiting for the shoe to drop for a while. It's the, it's the like retirement league, that team. Like it's all these dudes that are like, I just want to extend my, my NFL career for like, you know, maybe another year or so. And they all ended up on this team that actually went pretty far for a while. But it's like now, like that is real. They've really hit the fucking the floor and they just, they ain't got nothing left, man. Uh, I feel so bad for Chris Godwin because he's got to be there for another two years after this. <laughs> yeah. Not if he says trade me, which I hope he does. Cause... Uh, the Giants would love him. He'd be a nice addition for them. And he's he's banged up enough that he they could get a discount. I got to be honest. <laughs> he He's injured enough that he fits in with the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's nice with our brand. He's like, listen, <laughs> Chris, how many, Chris, you've missed a lot of games recently. That's why you're fucking perfect. Yeah. You know, it'd be oh. great if we got a guy who missed like all of last season. And bring <laughs> we, don't, we only like guys that miss a lot of games. All right. We don't like guys that stay healthy here. Um, do we want to get back to the genius that is Bill Belichick and whatever the fuck this was? That has to be. Shout out to Chandler Jones, by the way, Syracuse University. My God. <laughs> that was. I. You know what? I'm going to first start this off by saying credit to Jacoby Myers. He stood there after the game 
in front of the media and answered every single fucking question and didn't get pissed off and didn't get, you know, he stood there like a man and fucking took his medicine. Um, because that was the craziest thing I've ever fucking seen in my life because we see it all the time, right? We see that schoolyard shit when the clock hits zero in fourth quarter, but it's typically when a team is down by whatever, less than a touchdown and needs yep. a fucking touchdown. So you need to keep going. Stevenson fucking bust down the field. And instead of just going up, oh, I'm fucking done. Let me drop to the floor and go to overtime. You know, it is what it is. He laterals it. And it's like, okay, okay, what are we what are we doing? What are we doing? And then Myers throws it all the way back across the field. And I'm you just see Chandler Jones just standing there and you're like, and then Mac, Mac Jones tries to stop him. And it's like, you're not stopping him right there. Well, was it let no, it was two two, three weeks ago when they played the Jets and they had like the kickoff return. They won the game. They won the game on the end. It's like, are they just, it's like, you know, you get into this, like, I want these stories, right? Like, it's about, like, storybook mode, and and you're trying to create this, like, lasting memory of this game. Like, oh, would it be awesome if we just did this, you know? And that's when you try too hard, and you, you've you Icarus yourself yeah. out of a win. I'm just, I am just floored by how bad the, the Patriots are. Like, yeah. All of this shit they gave to every other team in the league for like 15 years about how they were the smartest team, like Patriots fans, like trolled Mark Sanchez for years. And like, this is your Mark Sanchez moment. Like you threw, you turned around and threw the ball back like 15 yards and Chandler Jones, an athlete picked it, brought it back for a touchdown. Like, I don't know if Bill Belichick is going to be the coach next year, but the fact that their first round pick went 13 for 31 for 112 yards and hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in like four straight games. Like, I don't know if uh, I think Joe Fudge, the homeless man formerly known as Matt Patricia, they all need to be fired. Steve Belichick probably needs to be fired for whatever job he does. He's not getting coffee good enough and hire some fucking professionals. Do you hear what Belichick said at the, after the game? I watched him mumble something. I don't think it made a whole lot of so sense. So they, they had asked him, why didn't you just take a shot with Mac at the end, like try and hit the end zone? And he goes, couldn't throw it that far. Jesus. That's a lie, but all right. I really don't think he likes him. And no, I don't know. doesn't seem like he does. I don't think Bill Belichick likes a lot of people, though. I think because, um, like, when they had uh, the other quarterback, the backup, which Bailey the, Zappi, yeah, the, it goes to show that the the most favorite player on most teams are the backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you always think that the grass is greener, and like they're they're a team that is looking for, um, you know, their guy, and like I just don't think they found him. But I wanted to float something out there. What if? The Bucks move on at the end of this year and go, we need to just recycle everything. And then no. all of a sudden, no. No. TB12, <laughs> New England Patriots, collision course. We're bringing the band back together one more year. Ooh. I don't know, man. This whole team sucks. I, don't, I think um, 
what's his face? Brady is going to call San Francisco. Like, can I come play with you guys? <laughs> you guys need a quarterback? And they're like, no. All right. Okay. We don't want your old ass. We already have one really expensive guy who's hurt all the time. We don't need another really expensive old guy here. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, are they, I don't, are they, done, are they done with Trey Lance yet? I don't think so. I think they're going to let him at least, you know, compete. So they're going to give him a shot, but depending on how long Brock Purdy gets them, how far along he can take them. And I know that you said that he doesn't have a strong arm, but neither does Garoppolo either. And people love that fucking guy. No, but Purdy's like 22. So if you're going to invest your future into a guy, you want him to be a Mahomes like guy or, you know, cause we haven't talked about Josh Allen, but I don't know if you guys watched that game on Saturday night and he literally fucking willed that team to victory. That, that ability is just, you need, you should be always striving to get that. And if you don't have one of those guys, Keep trying to find one. I I would have to say that of the games this week, and we had a lot of really good football games this weekend. This was a very good NFL week. Um, I think that game had to be the standout, though, because both teams played their absolute asses off, and it was pretty intense that game. I uh, I the whole the whole set like that that whole game was just back and forth battling, man, and. Uh, I think both teams walk out of there with somewhat of a victory, even even for the Dolphins losing. It's like we still we still played fucking very well, you know. Yeah, Mike can, McDaniel is a G. There's not a lot of moral victories in Love the NFL, him. but if you're gonna lose in Buffalo, you're gonna lose in a snowstorm, and it's like 20 degrees out. So that was fucking wild, dude. It it was. It was amazing that they were threatening the fans with a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, that was <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> they were still throwing them afterwards. I yeah. still saw them coming on the field. I think they just Good gave thing up. they were all so fucking drunk that they couldn't. Oh they didn't give a fuck. Remain ungovernable, Buffalo. <laughs> they were they were fucking they were chanting singing let it snow as it's fucking downpouring. They're just insane and I love every second of it. God, all the frostbite all those fingers that had to be amputated this the next morning like how many people do you think just woke up in a ditch after that game like fuck i think there are people still sleeping in the stadium right now how do you feel about the guy that got to the stadium at like before the sun came up and was drinking all day and then went and sat through that game and then was like all right time to drive home (laughs) all right kids get in the car So, Go to Tim Hortons after this. <laughs> <laughs> Some Timbits. Um, if you guys had to pick Josh Allen or Mahomes right now, which one are you going with? Uh, I, I know which one Nick Wright would pick. Right now, I'm still I'm still going with Mahomes, man. I'm still doing it. <sighs> I am, so and I, I a- love Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. I think, I, might, I think I might go Allen. My concern with Josh Allen is are we watching? Obviously, the arm talent with Josh Allen is way different than with Cam Newton. I don't think Cam Newton was nearly that accurate and nearly that capable throwing. He had a good but, arm, but he was not very accurate. Yeah. Um, my concern with Allen is he runs like Cam Newton did. Yeah. But when you saw Cam Newton like start to slow down, like he slowed down big time. And it was because all of the body shots that he had taken. It might not hurt now, but 
three years from now, that stuff starts to take a toll. So my concern is like, are we going to see Josh Allen evolve away from like being the guy who's leaning into hits and like jumping over guys to get hit midair to land on his back? Like, I think, Oh yeah, that was, I think, I think Sean McDermott is going to be like, yo man, for like your sake and our sake, I need you to stop doing that shit and learn how to slide. Um, Cause my fear is like when the music stops for Mm. Josh Allen in terms of like, he's able to get away with that shit. It's going to stop big time for him. He, he does have that kind of the, the, that kind of like, chaotic energy of like a less rapey or non-rapey version of Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. In like, he just doesn't care about his body and things are going to be falling off. You know, his, his shoulder will be hanging there by a thread for years and he'll still just. Roethlisberger is another guy where when the music stopped, it stopped pretty hard stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's enough evidence out there for guys that took big hits like that what happened to them in the long run of their career. I'm with you Q. I love watching Josh Allen play in the same way that I love watching Patrick Mahomes play, but he doesn't take those like big shots. I think he's smart enough to know, like, and I'm not saying that Josh Allen isn't smart, but I think he's more aware enough of like focused on longevity. Yeah. I I can throw the ball away here and we'll, we'll get him again. Something about it's just it's just something about like even the way he just because like typically if you run with reckless abandon you're more like you're more less likely to get hurt mm-hmm. because you're not like tensing up and I think a lot of these guys it's what happens but like he I don't know man there's just there's something just magical about I, the way he plays I it. think it's that he he's getting that feedback of that crazy buffalo energy yeah and and he's feeding off of that shit which is cool except when you realize how many people end up going to the ER every Sunday because they've gone through a table and now have a leg a, a table that was set on fire side. yeah 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 exactly <laughs> never change buffalo never change those lifetime tables are I think not, do not have lifetimes there no i think buffalo is the perfect city for him because i think yeah. if he went to like a houston or like a jacksonville or winnipeg like mm, i don't know if this works here I don't know. Jacksonville probably it would have worked for them because it's Jacksonville, but it's like Buffalo South, pretty much. Yeah, Buffalo South. I, I think he's. I think he's right where he needs to be <laughs> at a place that really wanted to root for somebody like him. So yeah. I think it works very much for him, and I hope he stays there for his entire career in the same way that I hope he plays for his entire. Like I hope he has like a seventeen-year career, but it's not like the Aaron Rodgers seventeen-year career where like you're ripping your fucking eyeballs out tonight, like hoping it ends. I think the bills are kind of an underdog team by nature. Oh, the, yeah. the fact that they went to four straight super bowls in the nineties and lost every single one of them, I think is like kind of their nature and Josh coming out of like everyone saying other than like Mel, Mel Kiper is the only one I can think of. That was just like, he's the number one pick. <laughs> it's easy. Don't, don't have to think twice about it. Everybody else was like, he's going to fail. He's going to fail. You look at historical standards, completion percentage of that low. He's not accurate. He's too wild. He's never going to survive in the NFL. And like they took a shot and it worked. So I mean, he kind of fits that mentality. He, he does. I think he has good perspective too. He's like, 
they were asking him like what is what is considered you know success in in the season and he was like you know it is it is definitely like the goal is to he said the goal is to win the super bowl but like the first thing is to like get in the playoffs then the second thing is to win the first round like it's not he's not like i got to bite off all these these big bites he knows that it it takes steps it takes it takes putting in the work and he and, he's a guy who goes out there puts his head down and gets the work yeah. done right you know that's they weren't far away from making you know that that game with Kansas City in the playoffs i mean they oh, they they did everything the they best. could to fucking win that one so it's not like he didn't show up in the playoffs he did so yeah. lamar jackson is the only one that has that tag of like Great during the regular season, hasn't done it yet in the postseason. So, and it's definitely not happening this year for Baltimore either. No, they all of a sudden they turned into the uh, Denver Denver Broncos. They yeah, a big time pumpkin. Early. It's really sad to see because he bet on himself pretty hard um, with the contract, and it. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna make it. Yeah, they should make it based upon. Um, they still have a decent record. They're, they're nine and five, and uh, with three games to go, I think they're probably the top seed in the wild card right now. So I think, barring like disaster, if, if Lamar can come back, they maybe if he's fresh when he comes back, but uh, wait, who's who's on the top of their division? Uh, the Bengals, Bengals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they four. 10 and four right now. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, only yeah. a game behind the Bengals, so yeah, 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 it's yeah. not like they're that far I, off. I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals are another team that's figuring out ways to win and they're starting to hit that stride right now like uh what they did to the bucks yesterday was actually pretty awesome <laughs> Bengals play the ravens week 17 that's, or week, that's week week 18 i'm sorry that's the game to watch that would be an interesting one if they if they if all things kind of stay the same um and it's like for the division that would be pretty interesting though i just don't I don't see Baltimore beating the Bengals in that game. I just don't see it. I don't know, man. Listen, they keep those, the games tight and boring. Those games so. are those games are always crazy because, like, I don't know what it is. Like Steelers, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals. Like, tough division. That division, it's kind of like the NFC East in the way that it's like I don't care if one team is ten and three and the other one's three and ten. When they play each other, it's like. We're zero and zero right now. And we're so all just- let me ask you all a question. So the Ravens have the Falcons, the Steelers, the Bengals um, to, to close out the se- season. Um, the Bengals have New England, Buffalo, January 2nd, which is going to be a fantastic Monday night game. And then Ravens week, week 18. This could be tight. I think the I think the Bengals beat the Patriots. They play the Bills in Cincinnati. I think they beat the Bills. I think they beat the Bills too. And you also have to wonder too at that point in the season for Buffalo, what is there to play for? Mm-hmm. Well, because Buffalo that, has um, that's that doesn't Bears, the mentality Bengals, Patriots. That just doesn't seem like the mentality of this Bills team, though. Like this isn't this is like the same kind of mentality that uh, you know the the Patriots had for years. It's like, yeah, we've we've already clinched like home field advantage, but like if we're gonna run the score up on you, we're gonna run the score up on you because that's what we do. Yeah. I don't I don't see them not 
doing something like that because I think for them it's it's about like again this is be that blue collar team right like keep that that hungry mentality the entire time that winning mentality don't don't push push your luck and take it easy this week because it'll put you in a coma for next year uh for next week you know yeah but they year. are they're so <laughs> far ahead of they're so far ahead of the dolphins right now bills are 11 and 3 the dolphins are 8 after, and 6 after that that game yeah it would have been a different story had had the dolphins ended up winning that one mm mm-hmm. mhm and that, dude, I have to say, man, I never expected Dolphins to be this fucking good. That was one of the biggest surprises of the year, I think, seeing that the Dolphins are as talented as they are. I mean, we knew that with Tyreek Hill going there that this was going to be a team that had some weapons, right? But, like, yeah, I mean, who, who would have thought, like, uh, Raheem Mostert was going to play the way he did yesterday or the day before? He was, he was, running, before. He was running angry. Yeah, it was like they 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 must have been doing something to him, right? Like he 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 had a grudge against the Bills the way he was playing. Yeah, he was. He, he probably was got cut by them at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes, but I think I don't think it really matters in the AFC right now. I think that all roads run through Kansas City and Buffalo at this point. So. Bengals are tough, though. I mean, so, but like, they are a bit f- more flawed than I think people like to acknowledge. Are we? Are we already at that point where we could just say that you know we think it's going to be like Eagles, Bills, or Eagles, KC at this point? Oh, my nightmare scenario is the Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. So, really, oh no, I, I don't, I don't think that. Dallas so, makes it that far. I, I don't think so either. They're They've uh, they're already showing the the uh you know the slide the recline right now. Yeah, it's true. But still, I think about it though because you never know with these fucking teams. So I'll be curious though. Watch the AFC South because right now the Jaguars are in second place behind Tennessee, and the Jaguars have the Jets, the Texans, and the Jags, or er, and the Titans. Finish off out strong. The year. I'm honestly curious to see if the Jaguars can go on a three can go on a three game winning streak. Can the Jaguars get in the playoffs? Very possible. That'd be something. They'd probably need a lot of things to happen, but like they would need they would need the Titans to melt down a little bit, which is not uncommon for a Ryan Tannehill team. But I mean, they, so the only teams that are ahead of the Jags right now are the Jets and the Patriots, but then they need either the Chargers or the Dolphins to drop out. But the problem is the Dolphins and the Chargers are like I don't think those are two teams that are really Chargers. To, Chargers both are eight surging and six right, right now. now. Chargers yeah. are surging. Um and I don't I don't know if Dolphins are gonna lose another one after that one. The Titans have the Texans and the Cowboys. And then they play the Jacks. So they could potentially and the Texans played pretty well this last game. This might might be one of the more exciting years of football in a while, too. I was shocked like tracking that score, and I'm like, they're the Texans are still hanging in this game. <laughs> yep. Jarek McKinnon, though. This this podcast is now a Jarek McKinnon podcast because he single handedly kept me alive in fantasy this week. So the pride of Georgia Southern right there. That's right. 
All right, right, guys. What do you think? I think we've exacerbated exhausted the National Football League to the extent. Yep. We've exacerbated all over this topic. Oh, do we want to talk about? No, we don't. No, we don't. What do we not want to talk about? We do not want to talk about the World Cup. Nah. Messi. Messi. It's Are you called, saying it's called soccer? Merci. You. <laughs> You're saying thanks in France, French. <laughs> Merci. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was. I thought, it was I, I thought honestly, though, like I'm not the biggest soccer fan. You know, I'm never gonna find that. But I will say though, I did enjoy the World Cup final. Um, it's a good game. Argentina goes up very early. France storms back at the end, and then it comes down to the, the penalty kicks. So I thought it was. Uh, thought it was really good. Were you Were you in, intoxicated watching this? No. Hmm. It was a good it was a good game. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it. Like I was not agreeing with you, Q. It was Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just can't get behind anything that Paul Zarati is is really passionate about. Like he literally woke up at probably six o'clock in the morning. Like just to watch the pregame show, probably fi- painted his face. You know, um, he was he was ready to go, and he was so excited about it that the fact that they didn't let him down pisses me off. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I didn't watch it. Um, I have kind of like a a semi interest in like global football and. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> roaring, roaring uh, results. Yeah. Big time energy with the um, the most worldly of cups. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I can't tell, but I think I probably prefer watching like one of those Quidditch leagues. I think that would be more fun. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't Quidditch Harry Potter? Oh no, no there's leagues. Oh god. Look that up. Look it up. I, I don't I don't want that watch. in my search history, guys. Go watch the finals. I'm very concerned oh, about that being Quidditch in my search World history. Cup. No. Check it out. Nope. No sir. You caught that snitch. <laughs> so let me ask you guys a question. Because we oh, are boy. coming up on Jesus's birthday, right? Oh shit. Yeah, Breath that's of happening. Our Lord. I think the question I, – I have a couple questions for you related to um, Christmas. And Christmas. And, and then I have a, quest, a question for you. But first, you. Go. Of all of the presents you've ever received, because we are capitalist whores, and that's all we worry about, um, what was the best Christmas gift you ever got? The best Christmas gift I ever got was when I opened a present and it wasn't for me and I got to berate my parents for getting me the wrong present (laughs) and telling them how much they neglected me and didn't care for me. No, I'm kidding. None of that happened. But (laughs) I hope your parents don't listen to this fucking show. (laughs) Clearly, they're very supportive of our podcast. Um... I don't know. That's a good question, but I honestly, 
I've done so many drugs in my life that I can't like remember a lot of my childhood. So, um, wow. I will, I will <laughs> say I did, I did recall someone giving somebody else a very cool gift and it was, I want to say it was, it was Q's buddy Gannon. Um, he gave one of his roommates, uh, a Christmas, a mini Christmas tree where Your he buddy. took, he took the, the ornaments opened each ornament, stuck a nugget of weed inside of the ornament, and then gave that tree to his roommate. And that was kind of cool. That was very creative, in my opinion. And that would be a very cool gift. At the time, we were all just degenerate, you know, alcoholics in college at that time. So That's a very kind gift, actually. Yeah, it's it so. pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Q, what you, you got? I don't know. Um, damn, put me on the spot here. Um, I honestly don't know. Like, I can't think of gimp, like it was that gimp suit you got. <laughs> yes, you know. Yeah, ever since I was in the movie Pulp Fiction, um, I really, really enjoyed wearing that gimp suit. Um, how about you go, Tom? Because I'm, I'm still thinking. I think the one that comes to mind the quickest for me because I got the most mileage out of it is either my original Xbox or my Xbox 360. Can't go so, wrong with the game I, console for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I think those are two that I enjoyed the most because frankly, I still have, if, if I didn't get rid of my old Xbox, I would have still had it and it still worked. And I also still have my old 360 too. All that shit still works. And periodically I'll still play it because I have NCAA 13 and NCAA football 13. It's the only thing you can play it on. So I would have to say one of those consoles, but probably the, the original Xbox, because there's so many hours of halo playing on that. Oh, I have my answer. All right. It's actually last year. Um, this is going to sound fucking really stupid as an adult. Like, cause like you're, you're an adult now. Nah, sex dolls My, are normal these days. <laughs> that fucking gripper 3000. I'm no. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, uh, my parents actually had got me a Dyson vacuum. Now listen, Ooh. I understand people are going to think nope, like nope. it's a fucking vacuum cleaner. I'm, I'm with no, you. No, no, no. It's more than a vacuum. It's an experience. Bro, they are fucking legit as fuck. Like yeah. they're expensive. And I was like, why is a vacuum cleaner so much? But like everyone I knew swear swore by it, and it lives up to the hype. So, do you have the cordless one? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's the one that I want. It's got a stand. It's literally on my fucking wall right there, and it's like you just pop it off, you pop it back onto the charger. It, the charger stops after it hits full battery, so it doesn't overload the battery and all that. Nice, just precision. Hell yeah. Okay, next question for you all: What was the favorite? like Christmas sweet that was given out. Cocaine. <laughs> That's more tangy. Peppermint. Than it's the sweet. powdery Peppermint. substance you put on my gums. Um, I'm a, I'm, I'm a purist when it comes to Christmas sweets, chocolate chip cookie. As long as it's done right, Tom, if I am, I will make sure that at one day in my life, I will scare, I will get that recipe from your mom. Mm, that's actually what you're I was gonna have to instantly. pry that from her cold dead hands i will do it if i have to i'm not I'm, i won't like it <laughs> now, i will i will apologize the entire time but like i need to get that because those chocolate chip cookies that your mom makes are 
perfect. They're fantastic. Fucking yes. perfect. Yeah. Like they're like almost like a chocolate chip cake, but like I don't man, I don't even I can't even describe it. The, it, the trick is you don't cook your cookies like till they're completely done. You no. take them out of the the oven with a little bit of moisture in them. But how do you? How does she get it layered like that, though? Because like most of the cookies <laughs> are just have it, to it find like, out. It just like floats on your tongue too as you bite in. It just. I remember the first time I saw and, them, and I'm like, that looks uh, like something you would like have to pay like twenty bucks for at like a New York City. Fucking, I would pay twenty bucks. I would too. I would pay. I'd pay twenty bucks for like they're legit. Yeah. So. I'm a I'm a I, chocolate chip cookie. I cookie. remember feeling bad because one Christmas we like we were all over your your parents' house there and we were just noshing through them. I like we weren't talking. Like there was a certain point we came back from bars, we weren't talking, we were just eating the cookies. Yeah. And we went through like a rack and a half or something insane like that. And it was pretty good. Yeah. You need to you need to post on the Instagram like a picture of one just to like Yeah. Cause it's like give the people, people need to know the people need um, to know how people need to... how Mrs. Deroma gets down. I I don't think we can like even express in words. There's like a there's probably like a German vocabulary term for this of like how magnificent these cookies are and like how it's it's impossible to use only words to describe the amazing tastiness that is these they're just fucking delicious yeah they're perfect so i'm I'm a chocolate chip cookie purist like i think that's like the perfect like christmas snack so what about you guys i love it i uh i would say that there is one other thing i really like around this time of year the you know those thin pretzels uh, the the thin pretzels like mm-hmm. a rose gold the pret- the, they're the pretzel chips yeah You've seen oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. This time of year, they they make these chocolate covered pretzel pretzel chips that mm-hmm. also have a little uh, peppermint on them. Okay. White you lost, you white gold, white uh, white gold, <laughs> white chocolate, and I believe they do dark chocolate. That white chocolate is actually amazing. It because it 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 kind of like uh, levels out that strong pepperminess to it. Oh, it's pretty delicious. I always for peppermint. I always get a very hint of toothpaste when I'm like. It's like I well, almost like I just thinking about toothpaste. Yeah, because it is the same well, flavor used in toothpaste. It, it almost just reminds me though of like it almost like to where like if I imagine I brushed my teeth and then ate like a chocolate chip or a chocolate covered pretzel, I feel like that's the same sensation. So mm-hmm. that's just me, I don't though. know. I like my teeth brushed. So well. I mean. <laughs> So do I, but not, <laughs> not at the same time. Sometimes but, I'm sitting there like, maybe I should eat a little bit of this tube of, you know, oh toothpaste. God. Thomas? Both fucking sick. Um, it's not something that's made, but it was something I could always expect. So whenever we go to my grandmother's house for Christmas, mm. death taxes in a bowl of green and red peanut M&M's. In the living room. Mm-hmm. And like you're just constantly reaching over. Could and, not yep. stop. Yeah. And it's Could the bowl. Not. The bowl never actually like empties. It just. Nope. Fills, yeah. fucking full, baby. There, there's some kind of funnel underneath it that keeps I could like be sitting there for four hours. <laughs> I could not leave my seat. And it's and, just you never get to the bottom of this like cut glass, like yep. really ornate bowl. And it's just like I am a disgusting human. 
and I cannot get to the bottom of this thing. Little Christmas guilt as you're just fucking shaking them down. In oh, yeah. You, you're just, talking oh. about like something like, oh, yeah, you know, college is great. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Also, another thing is, I don't know if you know what these are. They're called nonpareils. They're are the, they the things you can mix? Uh, like they're like a straw almost. No, no, no. So a nonpareil is like um, what would be the equivalent? I think they have like I think they sell like little ones in um, snow caps. So they're like bigger snow yeah, caps. I know those ones. Ah, oh, okay. so it's like basically chocolate have, with like a almost little, like a sprinkle like a on top. Yeah, a little yeah, sugar sprinkle on, sprinkle on that. Yeah, those are uh, those are another. You guys would both like this then. Target makes it's a uh, it's called a jingle blend or jingle mix uh, trail mix, and mm. it's got those. It's got cho- it's got uh, M and M's. It's got peanuts. Ooh. It's got raisin M and uh, raisinets. Yeah. It's got uh, yeah. chocolate covered almonds. Um, it's all there. It's all in there. It's raisinets. Pretty- huge bummer, by the way. I don't know. I oh, they're not like it's not like a ton of them. You know, like you get one. And it kind of goes really good with a peanut because it's like having a chocolate PB and J in your mouth. I will say though, a chocolate covered peanut or almond is also quite good. Mm-hmm. What do you guys do for dinner on Christmas? Like, what's your kind of a hodgepodge, really? Yeah, for Christmas Day itself. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe lasagna or ham or baked ziti yeah. or something. I think this year maybe some manicottis. Manicotti. It's for for Italians though, you know. It's it's Christmas That's, Eve and it's all the fishes. I see. All. Like we don't do that. Like we've never done that, despite being an Italian family. Like we're always we were always like very non traditional that way. You're, you're hill people, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> no, because like I don't think enough of us liked the the fish aspect of it all. So we just like you know, like the stuff that like the traditional like stuff of an italian like christmas eve dinner like the the weird like squid salad and things like that my grandmother like that's the stuff she wants like or my great aunts want like that stuff it's not, not seven so much. fishes is it it's it's the party of the seven fishes oh, and okay. a couple other fishes that no one needs to name um but you know i just fill up on like shrimp cocktail and uh whatever else you know because i i remember like you know someone brought skate and that was that is not delicious yeah that's that's a bad time in my opinion and hey i'm not hating if you love skate you love skate good for you i've had it a few times i'm not a big fan not my thing yeah i'm not a fan of it either I we used to go into the city for Christmas Day, so we would go bar hopping with my parents, and then we would just find a restaurant and go eat there. So don't really have like a traditional Christmas dinner, but when we would go to my grandmother's house, it was always like probably ham was the one. I'm not a huge ham person, but it was like ham, and also here's some baked ziti. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, love that for us. My grandmother used to make this ham that um, had this like she made this like see, like I don't I don't even exactly remember what's in it, but it like a sauce on it. But it was like a brown sugar mm-hmm. like glaze that was like homemade, and that shit brought it up to another level. Nice. Is Christmas Eve what what was bigger for you guys? Was it Christmas Eve or Christmas, Christmas. Day? Was the Christmas Day? One? Christmas okay. Eve. Yeah, Christmas Day for us. 
Christmas Eve was big for us for a while. And once we moved, it turned into Christmas Day. But hmm. is Christmas a big boozing holiday for you? It has Dep- been. Depends. You know? so, yeah. Say more I'm- about that. Uh, well, cause like if I'm like, cause like recently, cause obviously with COVID, um, the last few years we haven't done the, ex- like the extended family, we've done just like the immediate family and my, my immediate family are not much drinkers. So it'd be kind of just me. Um, but if I'm with like cousins, <laughs> if I'm with cousins or stuff, yeah, it, it goes, it goes down. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> usually a bottle of scotch, usually at least three quarters of it is polished off. So. It- I, for a while, I used it as an excuse to drink um, Jameson with eggnog and watch Ooh. NBA day games, and you know that was that was what you do. You just get loaded after you open a couple presents and just wait for dinner. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a bigger boozing holiday for me. I would, I would agree. You also have Thanksgiving Eve in there too, which yes. is like and- a big takedown day. But no one, I don't, I don't think anyone goes out Christmas Eve and drinks. Hmm. No, well, maybe some somebody at like at some sad <laughs> so, is going to. I mean, like, I I when I was in uh in in the Netherlands, like they have like well in Europe, you know, they have like all the little Christmas festival, uh, not festivals, Christmas markets and stuff, and you just walk around those, and there's always these like stalls that have the mull wine, right? They call glue wine, mm-hmm. and they're just they're putting in shots of calvados and then that like or or they're doing uh warm apple cider with calvados and they're doing glue wine and you're just walking around drinking that and eating like you know kind of festival foods right so pretzels and all those other types of bavarian goodies and whatnot and smoked meats and that can be yeah you can have a hell of a time like that oh boy yeah yeah so that's oh, so that's another thing for christmas day and a pasta tray, like it's a the gob of loud through that fucking <sighs> super sots, a little bit of dry Italian sausage, a little pepperoni. So whatever, whatever you want. I think it was like two years ago. So Costco sells literally a whole. I remember you talking of about fucking, this. <laughs> yeah, like a birico ham. You can get a whole hock of a birico ham, like the whole leg. Tom, and it, he, he was doing research research on like i need to get this i need to get a special type of knife to cut it too so costco (laughs) sold the whole thing it comes on a stand that like basically suspends the leg and then it comes with like a broadsword that you cut these little slivers off right i mean if there's one place you're gonna buy that it's gonna be costco yeah i mean the the one thing was like i was like if i invest 430 dollars into this before taxes like i need to know i got people that are going to take this down with me you know i would have probably i would have joined in i but the problem is like i think i think we would have tried to take it down it would have beat us and we would all have ended up in the er because like (laughs) our triglycerides would be sodium poisoning yeah We would have gotten like some weird like point like I'm sure if you eat too many acorns or whatever, like you you get sick and that's what they eat. So like we would have gotten like acorn poisoning. I don't know how to help you, Gatto. I'm oh. generally concerned. I will say uh, the dinner that we're having this Christmas Day is going to be interesting because it's just my wife and I, and we're just going to we're going to just do something fucking different. We're going to have Kelzones 
for Christmas. Ooh. And we're going to make them ourselves. And it's nice. going to be us the calzones. Gatto, bringing you back to the Zony days. They're all going to be powders. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Zonies. Shout I out love. to the greatest calzone joint you could eat when you're blacked out drunk, but questionable choice when you're sober. <laughs> I mean. So it's the Taco Bell of calzone places. Essentially, yeah. 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 Yeah, and we we knew like a uh, an angel investor in in the zonies. <laughs> That's one way to uh, put it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Sean McNamara. We love you, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have a fucking picture on the wall of him in that place. Saying, "Do not let somebody delivering him a zoni at like three thirty in the morning." <laughs> I think I think at one point they knew who the order would go to, and sometimes they'd find them passed out, so they just leave it next to him nicely with like a note, like "Sorry, we missed you." Here it is. <laughs> oh, say hi to your friends for us. <laughs> he, they they find that like he doesn't go there for a couple days, and then they start calling the police. Like I think yep. something's wrong with him. <laughs> he comes here every day. <laughs> and he won't leave. He like <laughs> wants to hang out with us, and we don't know why. So he just walks in and starts making a calzone with his like. I'll they tell don't you have what, a, if but, I had a place that I could go do that, that had all the ingredients, and I could just like put a couple pieces of dough together with some chess and so just guys make your own calzone restaurant. No, that's it right now. That's what Zoni's was though. Was it really? Like Sony's was you could make your own or you could have. You were one making of these it pre-made. though. Were you, were you like? Oh, no, 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 personally, not, I no, I'm saying to make this. I'm stuff. saying we oh, make no. our own. You know how much? You know how much material you would? You know how much ingredient would end up on the floor or in the back of your oven if that was the case? People are people are incompetent at making calzones. It could be like the omelet Trust station me. on a cruise ship, though. Like, hey, man, <laughs> yeah. I want all these things. Yeah, you could do it subway no style, thing. right? Yeah. You know, you just walk in, you're like, I want that, 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 that. You know, it's like, and then some some It'll asshole work. at the end of the Chipotle line has to like roll that into a Chipotle into a but for calzones. Do we have our first branded franchise in the works right now? Mm. It'll be called Christopher's Calzones. Brought to you by Christopher Walken. <laughs> Two calzones fell into the back of the oven. The first, first calzone, calzone immediately <laughs> melted and burned up. The second calzone was perfectly quit. crispy. <laughs> he struggled Whoa, so man. hard that eventually what? he had a nice golden exterior <laughs> and came out of the oven. Tom, which was your favorite Zony calzone? I mean, the chicken bacon ranch one was yes. fire. That but shit was ultra fire. I will say, though, one that was sneaky good was just the chicken club. It was okay, simple. It was classic. Like it was a cheeky Some, meal. Sometimes you don't want all that mess, cheeky. especially the next day. Like if you you were doing like questionable shots at the bar the night before, like your stomach's already kind of running around like a washing machine. I I will say though that chicken bacon ranch one when Fire. they made it like a whole pound. Oh my god, it was <laughs> fucking god. dynamite. I didn't like I'm, the blue. I didn't like the buffalo chicken one because I felt like there was a little too much blue cheese in there. If depending on whose hand had made that that zoni, right? Yeah, like you could tell some people were a little bit more heavy handed with it. I, uh, you know what? Sometimes that that mac and cheese was also an interesting one. Surprising, 
but I had to get the hot sauce with it. Sure. And and you'd have to put you'd have to ask for the chicken inside. I don't think it was always chicken, right? No. Was there two? Yeah. So I would get the chicken in, inside of it too, and then it was like a full. It was a full experience, like yeah. Because then you're just eating breaded fucking mac and cheese. Yeah. I used to have this one trick in college. I would go to Pizza Pub for all those. Oh, I remember. <laughs> and I would I would go in and order a pizza. And they were like, you want this delivery to go? I was like, no, to delivery. And they're like, but you're right here. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to walk home. And by the time I would get from Pizza Pub to where we lived, the guy, the delivery guy was outside of the house. And as he's like, yep, that's me. Instead of having to carry this hot ass pizza or wait like 45 minutes for him to cook it and then walk home, I'd get there. It was already there. It's fantastic. It's, I swear to God, that was the best idea I ever had in it, my life. And my entire life has been a complete waste since then. It's um that was that's actually I it's, peaked at 21. It's known <laughs> as the Daroma Shuffle. <laughs> no oh, god. Man. That yeah, was no, that, that was a stroke of pure genius, honestly. And people didn't get it, and then they did, and they're like, This is actually not a terrible idea. I'm like, Yeah. yeah. I only wants, have one of them. He wants to be walking around with a box that's like. Also, can, you are a target. You are a yeah. target carrying a pizza, carrying any bag with food There's in it. There's a lot of broke, hungry people walking around the streets late at night in Oswego. The problem was, is we knew all of them. Yes. <laughs> oh, it was, Do you want to play battleships? Um. Oh yeah, I didn't even tell you guys how crazy this week went, man. I fucking I was sick. I flew into flew into North Carolina and on the first night it was like eight o'clock at night, my phone fell. Oh no. Smashed. No. Dead. I hadn't even because I had gone straight to to the work site, right? To to where we were doing the project. I didn't have a phone to like even check reservations. There was no one on site to give me the internet for the building because I hadn't asked for it. So I was basically essentially lost and I had I had to stumble into a mall and the mall couldn't help me because I didn't know the pin. And here's how here's how smart Verizon is. Verizon, you go they go, Okay, we you wanna get set up with uh, a phone? Um, we're gonna send you this this one time code or whatever. You gotta click yes or you know, confirm it on your phone and then it will let us access your account. Well, if you can't see your screen you can't fucking do it now mind you i have a smartwatch but i forgot my charger at home oh, <laughs> it was dead. and i would have been able to get it to activate through my incredible uh, through my watch but and she didn't have like the the person in the store she didn't, didn't have, have a charger the charger for it because i'm one of the weirdos with a pixel watch so See, this is what happens when you don't get Apple, okay? Yeah, I guess so. And <laughs> and so it was the only option I had. I ended up just taking out my laptop in this mall, writing down the directions to the hotel, and driving to to the hotel off of the directions I wrote down. And I ended up going an entire day and a half without having a phone, which was fucking nuts actually it was so weird yeah paul was getting mad at you because you weren't responding oh really that's because you, you were you were he had i think he, he's like have you heard from gato and i'm like 
no and i'm like what's up and he's like by the way me and christina weeks without talking to him well because him and christina because christina reached out to me too about the uh the uh christening so they just wanted oh. like they just wanted an RSVP and he's like he's not answering me and Christina and I'm like uh, okay I'm like he's in North Carolina like relax he's probably busy with work so like <laughs> relax I'll call him after this and tell him uh, that I won't be attending uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck your kid <laughs> hey I just wanted to call and say uh, no Fran- France lost I'm not coming. You ever see that fucking Michael Jordan meme? Fuck them kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bargain with them and be like, I need to be the godfather. Or yeah, I'm make it a negotiation. Yeah. yeah. Play hardball. There we go. How much is he paying you to be there? He's he's apparently he's uh, he's going to be filling us with booze and steak. So. <laughs> I knew I knew Paul had stolen Christina's phone when she said, "Are you bringing Maradona?" And I was like, "Yeah, this is Paul." <laughs> this is Paul. <laughs> He's like, "She's like, sorry, Paul stole my phone for a second. I'm like, "Yeah, it's okay." <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Okay. Assholes. Yes, we are. Fucking assholes. I'll start. I'm going to go with Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. He's fucking people. Fucking Florida every single fucking time. Um, So I don't know if you guys have heard. There was a recent, uh, another recent example of a police officer touching fentanyl and going into a coma state, essentially. Um, So Ashley Moody has been basically adding Joe Biden a lot and saying basically like she wants him to classify uh, fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction. Jesus Christ. So this most recent example that's happened uh, was an officer in Florida. I believe it was right around the it's Tavares police department. Um, So basically this police officer was around fentanyl or what they claim to be fentanyl by the way, have not released any toxicology reports that it indeed was fentanyl and all of a sudden falls to the ground and is in like, like they show a picture or they release the body cam footage to like try and scare people. Like she's like looking like basically saying she overdosed. Now they keep perpetuating this myth that if you touch fentanyl with your fingers, that somehow you can overdose just by touching it. Multiple scientists have come out and said that that is impossible unless you have like a gaping wound on your hand Mm -hmm. and basically like grab fentanyl and like hold on to it with a tight fist for a while. That's the only way you would be able to overdose. (laughs) Now, by the way, she said that the police department came out and said that she was not wearing gloves and that's why she said, no, I was wearing gloves. You can see she was wearing gloves in the video. She's saying it's a super fentanyl that can eat through gloves of course, because that's this why is, they make painkillers. Are, are they just attack are they just mistaking fentanyl for uh, what's that shit? Anthrax? I <laughs> it, yeah, no, because they eventually said because like a lot of people have been saying you can't overdose. You you're not going to get fentanyl through your system that way, and it wouldn't happen that way. Oh, the wind was blowing, and maybe the wind blew it. Like they are they are trying. The I, wind blew it into her nostrils. I have a conspiracy theory that this is just a very big thing that cops like to do to get on disability because they don't want to work anymore. Is that they claim Nobody that they wants over to work anymore? Yeah, no one wants to work anymore, guys. Get your <laughs> fucking ass up and work. 
Um, so I think this is just like a way of the cops basically try and pretend like they've been exposed to fentanyl and need like to go on disability for like six months. Um, it, it is insane. It's either an anxiety attack and like she thinks she touched fentanyl. So she's, you know, she's going into some kind of, but like apparently she drove home afterwards. I'm going to say she probably should be then, um, you know, relieved of duty because like, if she's that anxious around this, it, you shouldn't But be this doing happens a lot, Gatto. This you is happening. This oh, is this happening is, a this lot. This is like this is like kicking kicking the uh the cannonball, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like but I but I my main person is Ashley Moody, but I'm really kind of holding the media also. It actually was left to Reason magazine, a very conservative fucking news site, libertarian, that actually was like don't let police lie to you. This is not how this you can't absorb fentanyl. Every well, major media. Fentanyl. Well, yeah, every major media outlet seems to be like manufacturing consent with this. They basically are just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. There's no fucking science that backs this up at all. So it seems like the media narrative has almost kind of been buying into it as well. So it's, it's very well, strange to see. It's the same way that like the the satanic panic happened in the 1980s and like the drugs like crack cocaine is getting into your kid's high school or their elementary school. Like it's the same stuff when there is in fact no evidence that any of that was the case. Like, and it's again, like it's, it's a panic because Mm -hmm. for the sake of a panic and you know, if, if you drove home after an overdose, that's not how that works. Um, it's but insane. One could also make the argument too, if there's a police officer that had a fucking panic attack at a scene, and then drove home. There's also some problems with that as well. Like, but it I happens more and more too. And like, I, my other conspiracy theory is that they're doing this to drive up their budget. I would imagine that's probably more likely than anything else. Right. Um, the, you got to think the since the war on terror has kind of faded. Um, from people's memories, the budgets are probably not there as much. They're not able to buy as many cool tactical tanks for whatever they think might happen in their town. And so you need something to propel that budget, right? Because otherwise they can't afford to, you know, get a working raise or whatever. I don't know whatever the fuck they do with that money. Yeah. Pay, oh, for, they, yeah. pay for hotels for for going to get training on you know how to shoot your gun while doing backflips off of things like yeah pretty much parlay pistol training you know um yeah i i, I, I saw that article as well and i was like this is fucking stupid like this is not how this works and now we get into like this theorizing of like super fentanyl like yes because there's like some drug lord out there that's like let's make the strongest fentanyl possible so to like attack people in the they, they said it's laboratory grade fentanyl I'm like all fentanyl I've, is it's made <laughs> yeah. i've i've never understood like that that narrative to begin with it was like it's like drug dealers are trying to make stuff that's so strong it kills you like the first time it's like but that's a bad business that's a model. really bad business model <laughs> they're trying to make it as light as possible so it's yeah. just cheap for them to as, make as far as i've ever heard in, like in all they... honesty from the party that has endorsed killing drug dealers i'm starting to think that maybe the your party's behind this if it maybe is they're happening. the ones making it yeah 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 there you go. Trying to put drug dealers nice away from murder and shit. Yeah, if you want to get conspiracy theories uh, kind of pushed into this. Because then you get the tougher senses and 
that plays into that grand old, you know, yep. uh, prison industrial complex. Exactly. Discussion and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's weird. Things are weird. Drugs Soft. will always be around. And uh... it's weird, though, because like no matter how many people, how many doctors come out and basically say like it, this cannot happen. It's like they're either having a panic attack or they're fucking faking it. You can't ingest fentanyl that way. Feelings don't care about your facts, Q. <laughs> Even it seems like fucking like every media outlet is like, this is really scary. And it's like, no, it's not. It So it plays perfectly into anyone who's like from like a real blue collar area that's probably affected by drugs. It plays right into the conversations that they're having about why they're why their town is is on the decline and yeah. then they have that conversation and then it leads them into the direction of like well our liberal you know fucking leaders they don't they're soft on drugs and crime and it's it's also because i think a lot of the pharmaceutical stuff is now like you know oxycontin and all that have been pretty much banned so now they need to find the new boogeyman to to blame i mean and naturally people just always are going to find escapes right like Mm -hmm. that's the whole root of like why people do drugs right it's like it's to alter escape to get out of their current state right you know and there's never going to be a shortage of people wanting to do that right so nope uh, that's another thing that sucks yep florida all righty well i'll go next um so this one is right hot off the presses from today um so i don't know if you guys are big new york times crossword puzzle doers am i <laughs> um but Gee, what, golly. but what happened yesterday was very interesting so i saw this will i be flabbergasted you it's will be very, fucking shocked very Gato. weird yesterday was the first day of hanukkah um and the new york oh, times is famous go. for their sunday crossword puzzle um their sunday crossword puzzle looks like a swastika oh my fucking god and it's pretty obvious that it looks like that. And it's funny. New York Times is the asshole, particularly because somebody had to approve this crossword puzzle, but also their response to it as well. When people are like, hey, this is fucking weird. Why is this? Oh, wow. it's, their Twitter account said, yes, comma. Hi, it's not a swastika. Honest to God. No one sits down to make a crossword puzzle and says, hey, you know it would look cool? Wow. These fucking idiots thought they could, like, explain their way out of it. But in reality, it looks like a fucking swastika. And if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and sounds and looks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Or in this case, a swastika. In this case, a swastika. And Holy shit. <laughs> it is pretty obvious. Um there's also one question that was in there that, and I'm reading this from Newsweek. I want to attribute that properly. Um, another Twitter user pointed out that one of the clues was for Berlin's Brandenburg Gate, which Nazi soldiers marched through in 1939 while observing Adolf Hitler's 50th birthday party. So, I mean, I have no words other than to say Are the New York Times is real? fucking stupid. Bad look for them. Yeah. 
it, dude. It, it's hard to it's hard to like imagine that they didn't see it, right? Because like it's pretty obvious when you look at it, you're like, that's a weird like. I don't know. Bad, 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 bad look. Um, what is 39 across? Someone had mentioned that. I'm curious to see what that 39 is. 39 across. What is 39 across? Oh, God. I I am sh- like there is nothing like else that could ever be in my mind too. There's not even close to anything else that could be in my fucking. So mind. thirty nine across uh, thirty nine across was Blank Carter, most recorded jazz bassist in history. I'm sure that was it. It's a, it's a fucking swastika though. Oh, it's it, like Thelonious, Thelonious Monk. That's who came up when I searched that question. Thirty-nine. Uh, no, it's Carter. Last name Carter. Last name Carter. Yeah, I don't know why it said that in there, but um, that's not even close to. I don't. Yeah, I hate. I hate fucking these crossword puzzles. Sometimes. Oh, it's because Ron Carter, who's the bassist, was like, "Ooh, check this out." My name's in here. Like, oh, Ron, read the fucking God. room, guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, New York Times, you're my asshole of the week. Particularly the people, those fucking nerds over in the game section who thought they could be cheeky. And it's either they did it as like a, like a joke, like, ha ha ha. Or it was. I like, don't think they did that as a joke. I think they were just stupid. No, like maybe like so like maybe an editor, like a rogue editor, was like, "Well, oh, that'd be funny." Like, who who could ever blame us for really like doing that? I don't know. I'm They're trying down. to like, yeah. Gato, Gato, you're up. Uh, so my asshole of the week is um is a very popular video game, Fortnite. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I guess you're aware of of the whole thing, Tom. Um, I haven't heard about this. It's Bas- fucking crazy, Q. It's so you know, like when we when we download an app or we use anything these days, usually it has to ask our rights uh, or to the right to use microphone. Uh, well, yeah. Well, there's the permissions aspect of it, but also um, to collect your data, right? To use oh, yeah. that for whatever okay. for what it is. Well, Fortnite was um, very deliberate in the way in which that they had set up the default settings um, so that they were confusing and deceptive to allow um, basically the use of that and... Now, the, especially this, this was egregious because a majority of players out there, Fortnite, are teenagers and young kids. Yeah. So essentially, Fortnite, um, or the company that makes Fortnite, probably Epic Games, Epic Games, um, they they've reached a settlement at this point for it, um, five hundred twenty million dollars 
in penalties um, because of uh, basically the invasion of children privacy and the the payment methods that they used um, to cause unintended purchases. So they knew what they were doing. And that's what's what really bothersome is that they went out of their way because they knew what they were doing in a, a manner to basically get kids under the age of 13 uh, without informing their parents uh, or getting their consent to, um, you know, make these purchases or to uh, take their data, their information, right? Um, and, you know, I'm glad to see that the FTC is actually out there, like, doing things like this and, and taking it to them for, for stuff. Because, you know, like, these, these apps already are kind of invasive enough. Like, the Alexa in our house will just start randomly prompting itself. On I, got I got rid of that. It's it's getting to the point where it's a little absurd because it's yeah. like you know um, we'll be having a casual conversation about something, and sure as shit, like you know cookie recipes will start showing up if we're talking about you know cooking, uh, making some some cookies. Obviously, none as good as the ones that Tom's mom makes, but test, still, test. <laughs> that's so it's... wild. So yeah, this includes so somebody they, about the Fortnite thing. This includes using, quote, dark patterns to manipulate users into making unintended purchases, mm -hmm. allowing children to purchase things such as V-Bucks without parental or cardholder consent, yep. and having default on voice and text settings, which allowed easier harassment of new, newer users. That's fucking wild. Yep. Did you say how much the settlement was for Gato? 520 20. million yeah. and 245 million of that will be going towards what I assume is um, to probably pay back the people. To, yeah. It's a settlement towards customer refunds. Um, so if, if this happened to one of your kids, you know, and you're listening out there um, or if you're one of the kids, tell your parents and they can go get some mm -hmm. of that money and then spend it on you this Christmas. Right. So that sounds wild too, though, because like literally, tapping their microphones without yep. without knowledge like you're talking about like 13 year old kids I'm telling it, you man it 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 is pretty wild especially because this is just you know this is a game company you know yeah, what are you that, the fucking cia uh, exactly um but it really does make you kind of think right like because and this is the thing is there's this belief i think that is held now by almost every industry especially anything that's got tech related that analytics is like the key to unlocking millions and millions and billions of dollars in you know whether it's collecting the data or by interpreting the data of your users and i don't i'm more and more i'm seeing that there's less of a payoff and just more of an invasion for literally like you know nothing no reason you know look how deceptive people have to get to actually make this work right Especially if it's like metadata too, like stuff you can't actually do anything with. Like, what are you doing with all of it? And it all it all comes down to like behavioral science and like understanding human patterns and stuff like that as a way to like wedge more money out of people's pockets. And yeah, I mean, I really like Epic Games. They've created a lot of cool stuff in the past. Gears of War is one of their games. And that's a really shitty thing to do, especially to your fan base as well. Like, you know how we'll just 
take more money from these like young kids who don't know any better. And and that's really what it like. That's what it really is. It's like taking candy from a baby. But in this mm-hmm. this case, it's really like taking you know money from a child's parents. <laughs> right. It's crazy because like mistakes <laughs> mistakes are made sometimes. But like this was coordinated. So you have to think this about how much strategic. work how much work did they put in? How much money did they spend to make it so that you are easily susceptible to spending this type of money? So it's and it's just so fucking creepy. A part of me also says that if the settlement was for $520 million, that I'm sure they probably made plenty more than that out of it. Oh, I'm sure they're a billion-dollar company. Yeah, they're definitely definitely a billion-dollar company. There's, yeah, Epic Games. Um, It's just, it's, you know... Sometimes you do also, it makes you also wonder, it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe we should be a little bit more worried about like what, what goes on like uh TikTok or Twitter, right? You know? Well, there's starting to be more of a call for the federal government to ban TikTok um, yeah, because it has, back. it has some sketchy ties and some special, some sketchy relationships to foreign governments Um, But also to the kinds of things that it can collect from people like no one reads the terms of agreement anymore. No one ever did. Um, And that's the scary part. Like if you remember when that whole thing came up with uh, Facebook's messenger that it could like listen in, it could activate your microphone without telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Cambridge Analytica stuff. All that stuff came out. Yeah. And I mean, it's not illegal for these companies to do this stuff because you've agreed to it, but like the terms and conditions is like pages and pages and pages and pages of what if sentences. And then they're able to do it. Cause people are like, ah, fuck it. I don't care. And, and this is kind of where I actually say, um, we need to take from other countries and other people's leads. And Europe is at least like a little bit more on the user friendly side and forefront of, um privacy rights in that sense i think in america we take the idea of like privacy right to be more of a like amendment style criminal side of things but i think like over there they take it as like a um similar right to like to to privacy that you would have um with like anything like medical records, right? Like it's more of that way with air, right? With mm-hmm. here, it's more like we, we have it in, in more of like a, you can't tell on me kind of situation. It's kind of weird, but like we probably need to expand or at least have a more narrow scope in which companies can, can do with what information, which again, this is a, is a balance act because then it comes to, all of these tech companies are already eating a bunch of ass in the stock market because they're not creative enough anymore or innovative enough to I turn, love eating I love money. eating ass at the stock market. And and that's exactly what they're <laughs> the doing. The only place to do it these days. <laughs> it, I my pick of the week is eating ass at the stock market. You it's going it. to the New York Stock Exchange <laughs> and burying my face in someone's <laughs> Oh my god. You sick fucks. Listen, I'm not the fucking person who comes up with the fucking 
throat go to fucking liberty over here. As somebody else in this group who's a king. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Picks of the week. Let's go. Um, I'll just jump right in there. Um, Amazon Prime, the final season of uh, – Jack Clancy's uh what's Tom Clancy Jack Tom Ryan Clancy, Jack Ryan <laughs> Tom, Tom Ryan is the guy Tom who lives down the street from me. Yeah. Jack, Jack Clancy. Tom Jack Ryan. Clancy, Tom Ryan, uh Tom Clancy's Tom Jack Ryan, Ryan real estate. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Jack Clancy here. Jack, Jack Clancy insurance. The <laughs> those th- those are the asses you eat at the uh stock market, by the way. Those guys How free. do they're Jack Clancy from Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> Jack Clancy has a basement full of super fentanyl that he's growing right now. Yeah, exactly. He's growing it. It's I am the Clancy who knocks back. <laughs> so it was it season three, Gatto? Season three, final season, I believe. Um, I have not caught season two yet, despite it being out for like a year or so. It was not good. To. Yeah, no? I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I mean, uh, what's his face? John Krasinski. Josh Krasinski. Josh Krasinski. Josh Krasinski. What is wrong with me? me Josh Donaldson. Uh, uh, John Donaldson. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, I'll I'll watch anything he's in. Um, Big time uh, Office fans. I remember liking the first season, so I'm... But I I know that it's like, there's been some controversy about it, like, manufacturing consent for the CIA... Like, I, there's been some people who said that, that, like, they'll just find whoever the U.S. government wants to hate this year, and then they'll just make a show about them. But that's but that's the funny thing about it, too, is that I think um, if you if you were to actually read any uh, Jack Clancy, <laughs> um, you would you'd see that there's a very nationalistic streak across it. Anyhow. For sure. Clear and present danger. Yeah, it's Patriot Games, and yeah, it's very yeah, you know, yeah, um, very much so. It's it's very got it very much got that that mode to it. So I don't think it's it's not off the beaten path of what that that is, right? And if that's who they're, you know, Amazon, their whole thing is they like taking books and book series, and they like turning that into movies because it's on brand for them right they were originally a bookstore um so i think you know like that's who you're targeting with these and i i want a little bit of a mystery action spy movie you know like yeah it's gonna have that nationalistic streak but hey what's the flip side of that it's a generic enemy that you know tom cruise is shooting down in a fighter plane like i've always loved the tom you know the the jack ryan series you know whether it be harrison ford even the one i can't remember the name of it but the one with ben affleck playing jack ryan was pretty good um the no without uh dead of honor no it's not no um it was he only did one jack movie (laughs) no that's that he plays like some like contract killer in that that was a weird one. Um, some yeah, of all fears. Some, some of all fears. fears. Yeah, that, Morgan Freeman. In that? Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was a good one. Um, Clear Prize and Danger, Patriot Games, Harrison Ford is like the OG Jack Ryan. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I always kind of dig. It's like it's like action. It's just an action movie. It's a really good action movie. So I, I like it as like a series too. So yeah, I'll go yeah. next. I I enjoyed 
Tom Clancy books, like Rainbow Six was good. Hunt for Red October was good. Oh now, yeah, Hunt for Red October, of course. Yeah. Um, Dead of Honor was also really good too. I mean, he's. I think if you like, like spy thrillers with a lot of technology in them, it's good. Um, mm-hmm. Also, too, the OG um, Splinter Cell, great video game, by the way. And mm-hmm. Rainbow, Rainbow Six, the Six, video yeah. game, has made a shit ton of money. Yeah, um, I'm excited for season three. I didn't like season two because I felt like they kind of they went off the beaten path with they what floundered was, a little bit with what was working for them. Also, too, they've had a long layoff, didn't they? Didn't they yes. have like a three year like layoff? A year. Yes, but they yeah. had they took a year off. And then COVID camp happened mm. and they just started filming the last year for it. So I think they had like, what, a two year layoff from season two to season three. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. It was a long time. I think I, I, I want to say that uh, I watched season two in 2020. Like, so it had to have, it came out before 2019. The release for season two was Halloween 2019. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So we're we're going into 2023. (laughs) (laughs) So season three drops on the 21st, the shortest day of the year. Mm. Yeah. Two days from now. Yep. Cool. Go next. Um, I'm going to recommend um, the new Metro Boomin album. Uh, it's called Heroes and Villains. I have not been listening to a lot of new music lately because I just kind of I built some playlists. So I've been kind of recycling those when I go to the gym and uh, I had heard some good things about it. I put it on. It is a legit no skip album. The first song has a feature with John Legend on it. And I was like between the beat and his hook on it was fucking amazing. And like I just literally listened to the whole thing straight through. It's my new gym album, so um, it's really, really fucking good. Every song um, I was in on it, so recommend. I've I'd not really heard any of his stuff before this, so I kind of just jumped in blind, and uh, I was very happy with it. So definitely give that a listen. Nice, nice. yeah. Forty eight minutes too. It's a good amount of time. It's not long, yeah. Word. All right. So my pick of the week is actually going to be a book. Um, This was actually a a book that we read for a book club that I'm in. But Look um, at you with all these extracurricular activities. I know. I'm very cultured. Um, (laughs) The name of the book is called Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism by Amanda Montell. So the book talks a lot about like the language that is used by cult leaders and like cult adjacent movements. So So, they talk about like heaven's gate. They talk about like Scientology. They talk about um, the Jonestown cult, which in some cases wasn't really one, but there was enough panic there that happened, but also to some of the language that like soul cycle and Peloton and a lot of like, online CrossFit. cross oh they talk about crossfit quite a bit in there too because crossfit is really interesting because the guy that founded crossfit had to resign from crossfit because your boy is a racist mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and um also kind of like down with fascism by the way and you see too like i don't mean to denigrate 
people who enjoy CrossFit, but if you look from afar, it does have a very like all lives matter approach to it. For um, sure. Yeah. It's very libertarian, but also too like if you walk into a CrossFit gym and don't see Blue Lives Matter, flag, I was gonna say you're, that. You're... <laughs> yeah, if there's not a couple Punisher tees in the crowd, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then there's just that random guy that wears like that three percenter shirt every now and again. What is what is that? Uh, the really Every every one of them does like the Murph challenge. Yeah. every year or two. So it's like all oh, of that. the all of the big events are named after like fallen like service members yeah. or like police or firefighters. Yeah. and there's like that's they, not a red flag. Well, they ha- they also had a story in there of this guy who was like he started doing CrossFit. He really really enjoyed it, but it was starting to fuck up his body to the point where um, I don't remember the name of the the medical distress that you put on your body where your muscles start eating away at itself. Atrophy? No, it's not atrophy. It's something else, but this guy started, it's just muscle. Maybe that if there's a more technical term for it, but he started having this, but also he had chronic knee pain and he eventually had to stop. And all these people in this CrossFit gym just basically like shamed him and Mm -hmm. said that he wasn't good enough to do it. And you see that a lot, which happens with like multi-level marketing campaigns as well. They get into some of the MLMs, but yeah, they get into a little bit of the Nexium stuff, but they don't go too hard into it. Cause that, that was a lot of the, what you, what you hear though, is that like they were working them to death, like giving mm-hmm. them two hours of sleep. And then whenever they complain, they were like, I guess you're not, I guess you're not who I thought you're you not, were. You're not yep. the chosen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really thought like you understood like what we were doing here. Yep. And like you understand the sacrifice will make it up in the long long term, but I guess not. Like it very much that a type of abusive behavior. Yeah. I, so sorry, gotta go ahead. Oh no, no, continue to continue. I because I actually I got questions. I, I want to know. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a really interesting it was a really interesting book. It's pretty easy to get through. Um, and Amanda Montel is I've never heard of her before, but she's got a pretty smooth way that she writes and it's pretty quick to move through. Um, it's also funny. Um, and she's got some personal anecdotes in there too, about like trying to explore some of the more like, why do people do this and and what draws people in? And she says like, it makes sense. Like a lot of these people, particularly with MLMs, they're looking for some kind of validation for people who follow influencers or looking for somebody to believe in the, the move away from like religion in this country has been replaced by the move towards like physical fitness. And that's why you see a lot of people like fully pilled into like these workout places. And it's like, it's my gym family. It's like, Oh, that's weird though. Um, so cultish is the name of the book is great. Gato, what's your question? I was going to say, is there certain terms that they talk about or bring up that um, like when you said language, like, why are we not using that language on this podcast with our community? <laughs> um, what are mouse. those? <laughs> yeah, the, the cult, cult of the, of the mouse. mouse. <laughs> That's going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> yes. Um, there was a lot that was brought up about thought terminating language. So Interesting. have you guys ever heard the expression, God works in mysterious ways? Mm-hmm. Fucking too many times. That's That's thought terminating language where somebody says something to you that there's no real way to like counter it. And it's supposed to like shut down like an argument, like, uh, you know, the world works in mysterious ways or like, 
you know, he's got a plan for us all. Like, yeah, it's not an answer. You but... can excuse a lot of really bad behavior as of like, it's God's will. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in some cases how these people are able to get away with this stuff because they put it in the hands of like a higher. Yeah, exactly. They put it yeah. in the hands of a higher power and say like, well, God is working through me so I can be like a psychopath and do all this horrible shit. Mm -hmm. um, Tulsi Gabbard was also in a cult, by the way. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, um, if you want to listen, I'm just joking. It's not. If you want to learn more about the cult that Tulsi Gabbard was in, listen to the most recent two episodes of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. I have it queued up. Hilarious, by the way. She's also a generally shitty human being. So she's she's awful, really awful. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm excited. I I really enjoy QAnon Anonymous. Um, great show. <laughs> it's, they, they're great. Yeah, it's always is always entertaining. Um, Big QAnon so yeah. Anonymous guy. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm actually have those queued up, uh, ready to go. So <laughs> you, the, you, you have what now? He's queued up on the I'm queued up. Queued up, baby. Oh boy, <laughs> that's right. But yeah, um, thought terminating language was one that really stuck out to me, but also to like the rise of like the Instagram gurus that are out there, where they they mentioned this one person in particular, where. Um, his eye yes all of her <laughs> all of her like posts are really like basically like think of it as like astrology yeah. where it's so vague it makes sense but also a lot of these people have slowly started to tilt towards like conspiracy theory stuff and they like you hear one about like auras and you wouldn't be surprised like two weeks from now you're gonna just see like trust the plan Oh yeah, you see trust the plan all the time. I, the, I think yoga to fascism also kind of plays. Yoga into it. is kind of like CrossFit light. Yeah. Well, the thing about yoga that's important to know is that American yoga is not the way that yoga is done Correct. in India. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. the like pirated version of it. And all of these like meditation yogis and all these people that like believe that they're doing it right they're actually doing it completely wrong and they're missing the entire point of how it's actually supposed to be done yep it's true um it's it's very interesting yeah it's kind of there's some very interesting things there because like i think a lot of times yeah like those phrases are such crutch phrases too like you know trust the plan and whatnot um <laughs> it also it, it makes perfect sense like with the rise of like the healing crystals industry and shit yeah. like that you know what i mean like and and that's the thing i think most people need to just realize is that it's all just a plan to sell you something you don't need for sure right and if you're I missing, give you you're missing something you're missing something yeah if and, and we all know that person too that from like high school or from college that like was not on Facebook for a while, then all of a sudden popped up and they're selling you some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a weight loss pill or it's a, you know, it's an energy drink or something like that. And they're like, Oh, I feel the greatest I've ever felt in my whole life. And you can too. And it's, that's all the same generated shit. Like mm -hmm. they, these companies are like wildly predatory too. Um, and the book focus the book book provides contrast of like what actual cults are, but also like these cult adjacent groups. And there was a really interesting part at the beginning of the book, like the next like 
it's not going to be a holy war. It's going to be like a war on a war for brands and like loyalty to brands. Like people fight over like, are you Google or Apple? Or are you Nike yep. or are you Reebok or Adidas? Like, or people will like dox each other online if you say something against Taylor Swift. Like it's just weird. The, Swift, the Swifties. And, yeah, the it's yeah. strange. There's also the, the Beehive K- for the Beehive with uh, yep. Beyonce. The yeah, uh, like the whole thing of like the K-pop, you know, like don't K-pop too, K-pop yeah. fans kind of thing. It's it's funny because like um, you know, I am uh, very much an Android fan. Right, I think I've said this a couple times, and we, uh, we know, and and I can't tell you We're how many aware. times <laughs> I can't tell you how many times someone has has remarked to me upon finding that out. They're like, "Oh, you're one of those green bubble guys," and like, it's like, "Oh, okay." Like you always hear those same cliche phrases about it, and it's like, "Oh," because it's that type of you know, like there's I think there is that level of advertising to create some sort of brand loyalty like that, that is cultish. It is weird because on Bumble, like I've had those interactions on Bumble before where, you know, you're talking to a girl, a woman, whatever. And then you guys exchange phone numbers finally. And then like, all of a sudden I'll text and they'll be like, Oh, thank God. It's a blue bubble. And I'm like, "It, it, it is a thing. Yeah. And if like, that is what the girl says to me or gives me shit, I just instantly delete that number right then (laughs) it's it's actually a great filter because maybe it just doesn't stop there right right next thing you know you're not allowed to eat steak you know what i mean the thing the the apple android thing is really interesting because it's really just marketing on apple's part to say like an apple phone or apple products are ones for like wealthier people like it's higher quality when when in reality it's not like my air pods are garbage and ultimately like the cell phones kind of work the same it's just one has marketed itself to be like the every person's phone and the other said like you want to be high society and people think you're artistic you buy this phone i will say as an iphone user i do enjoy when someone has a blue bubble only because iMessage is it's more direct contact. It feels like it's a better texting experience than with like with Android users, just because it's like it's just they're compatible. I so, like iMessage is just more compatible with the phone. And and so that's the funny thing is that there was a um, there was a fix for this so that it would basically be seamless. You wouldn't really notice the difference. But Apple wanted to keep that difference for a long time, and now they're reversing order on that. Um, and I also kind of agree with Apple for why they did it, because why should they have to change to a different standard that doesn't necessarily do anything better for them, right? right. Um, so I, I understand their point. And yeah, I mean, you know, I it's just it's funny because I think the idea was that they had to figure out a way to justify selling you something for a higher price, which is really because they're using Samsung chips in their phones, um, and they had to do that without letting you know, like without putting a sticker on there saying that this phone is made with Samsung parts, right? Yep. So um, that was that was their trick. That was their way of kind of getting around that was being like, this is the higher quality choice. And it, you know what? It's a great quality choice. If you have an Apple phone, it is for sure. You know, you don't but, believe that. no, I I don't necessarily believe that about all <laughs> factors. You fucking um, liar. But no, 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 it's like I, I like Android. That's right. I'm calling um, you out. 
I like, yeah, call me out on it. I like Android um, for its own set of features and its rich abilities to do things. Um, and And yeah, no, I mean, you know, everything's kind of locked down with Apple in ways that make it uncompromising, in my opinion. Um, but uh, I take better photos, and that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Tommy? Oh, I already got my pick in. No, I'm saying you want to close this out. Oh, yeah. Well, folks, you did it again. You got through another episode of the Second Mouse podcast. Congrats. We're proud of you. Um, I imagine I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not proud of you. You shouldn't be. I imagine that we will be recording one more episode before the end of 2022. We did it, folks. That's a full year of fucking shows. Um, yep. We will have one last episode, and who knows? We might do something special for ourselves, for you, for our favorite actor of all time, Jared Leto. We're just not sure yet. But this Definitely is another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast in the books. You can follow us on Instagram if we still have a Twitter account. We've been asking Elon what his underwear size is, and he banned us, <laughs> which means he doesn't wear underwear. Um, but you can also find us on your favorite streaming platforms, Apple, whatever the fuck Android uses, <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> Get them. You can also just search on the Google machine and you can find us second mouse podcast and we will see y'all next week. Why? Okay. Let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. Then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! <laughs> Suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs>